The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. everyone and welcome back to the five cool podcast as always i'm george klein it is mid-may and we are right in the swing of the nba playoffs we have the conference finals going on so first off let's just start with the trailblazers and the warriors i'm recording this on a friday afternoon so we are two games into that series um last night we saw steph and seth both put up very good performances when you uh take into account you know where they each stand in the in the league but as always Golden State found a way to get it done. We head to Portland with Golden State up 2-0. And Bovada Sportsbook has Game 3 favored with uh, Portland minus 2.5. And And I think that Portland gets one at home. I just think with that crowd, with that atmosphere. Oh, and also just to, just so everyone's aware, you probably could have guessed from how long this is. But this is just going to be a mini episode of me just kind of talking through all the NBA and MLB stuff. But we've got Portland. Um, I think they get one at home. Again, it's it's been fun and interesting to watch Golden State kind of revert back to their 2015, 2016, those years styles before KD got there where a lot of Stephen Clay three-pointers, a lot of more movement because, I mean, they always have a lot of movement in their offense, but when you can dump it down to KD for an ISO mid-range jump shot, that just, you know, is unguardable in a lot of ways. You can always take advantage of that. When now there's a lot more movement, a lot more creation, Draymond Green's a lot more involved in the, in the offense. We've seen a lot more of those sort of old classic Golden State plays where it's a Stephen Green uh, pick and roll and where Green ends up wide open, headed to the basket. What really impressed me last night was we know that Portland got off to a big lead and then Golden State mounted one of those third quarter runs and was able to just make the big plays down the stretch of the game. But when that defense gets going, it really gets going. I mean, Green, Iguodala, they were all over the place. You're talking about Iguodala with Steele at the end of the game. Portland has struck me as a team that's just happy to be there. Game one, they were tired after Game 7, but I still wanted to see a lot more from them. Was kind of disappointed. It seemed like they were too casual, weren't quite ready for the moment. Game 2 was a lot better. Uh, you know, Lillard for about, I'll say, two and a half quarters was really, really good. Seth Curry, as I mentioned before, was impressive. Ronnie Hood's taken three steps up where he was last year, so that's always good for them. Um, I want more from, from Zach Hans. I feel like for me, Portland's best lineup is some combination of Lillard, McCollum, Seth Curry, Rodney Hood, Collins. Uh, I don't know. They just got to try to mix it up. They have no wins. Might as well go all out with just an offensive lineup. And then uh, Collins can just hold the zone on defense. But he has to stop fouling people. So so Bovada has Portland minus two and a half. I think, I think they win game three. That sounds about right. This ultimately leads with Golden State in five. Uh, I think once once they get back to Oracle, they're just going to wrap that up. And then, of course, we've got the KD and DeMarcus Cousins injuries, where you're starting to get the feeling that the Durant injury is a little more serious than maybe we've been let on. I don't know. That calf strain, I've been seeing some reports just about how certain types of calf strains can take something like six weeks. Maybe, you know, he's out for even longer than we might have imagined, because they're taking it pretty week by week, game by game. It's he's out for game two, he's out for game three, he's out for game four. I think just the fact that they're playing the Trailblazers means we're not going to see Durant in the Western Conference Finals. My expectation would be that he's back for Game 1 of the Finals, but with the way things are, 
it's really up up in the air at least. And I mean, if you're Durant, you can't exactly be thrilled. Maybe if they just march on through through the finals and win, I'm really curious to see what if they sweep this series and sweep the next series and Durant's out for all of it. What the reaction from him would be? Not that we would ever see it, but. For me, at least, maybe I'm just kind of selfish, but if I were in Durant's shoes, I would want them to at least have a little more struggle than that. Maybe take it to seven or six, uh, at least, just so, you know, my um, abilities are validated in the court of public opinion, where, obviously, you know, we saw clips of him. He seemed pretty enthused last night, pretty into it, pretty animated, so all good there, I think. We all are kind of hoping for him to show signs of wanting to leave, because, we just want that NBA parody back as much as we possibly can get it. As for Cousins, again, I'm still torn on how much he would necessarily help at this stage. I think that quad injury looked pretty, pretty serious. So I think if he is back for these playoffs, again, that too would be in the finals and that it would probably, my expectation would be limited minutes. And honestly, the way Looney's playing, I don't think they're exactly missing him that, that much just because the way Looney fights on the defensive end, fights for those offensive rebounds. He's fitting into what they need in that system as well as they could possibly hope. And throughout the years, I mean, he's been on this team for a while, but slow and steady improvement each year. And now that they're getting, it is interesting too to see this bench that was so kind of reviled for a lot of the season. They've really stepped up. I mean, Jordan Bell played some big minutes last night. You mentioned Livingston's looked a lot better over the last couple of games after a really rough season. So I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's Golden State is going to win this championship. It's a matter of how easy is it and what happens after that. That's really the most interesting part. But on the other hand, we've got a very competitive series, Milwaukee and Toronto. Game two is tonight while I'm recording this, so you will know the outcome when that occurs. So Bovada has Milwaukee favored by minus six and a half for game two tonight. And when I saw that, I was pretty surprised. That first game was a lot closer than an eight-point game. Toronto was really seemed like they were playing better for most of it, for I'd say a good two and a half quarters at least. Uh, so I would clearly take Toronto here. I mean, if Milwaukee's favored by six and a half points, that just seems like a lot to me. Um, so I would definitely edge towards Toronto's way. I So th- the take that I've had over the last couple of weeks is that Toronto, in my eyes, is just the better matchup for Golden State. So I will admit that I am kind of rooting for them a little bit, just so we can have as competitive a finals as we possibly can. I think there's a lot of interesting matchups here where if you're talking about Kawhi and then Siakam, those are two guys who can at least sort of make things hard for KD. And I mean, obviously Kawhi, we've talked about his defense all along, but just like two long bodies who can match up with KD's wingspan at least a little bit better than from a lot of other people. Lowry's interesting, just kind of a stout body. He can bump Curry around, maybe make things a little difficult for him when he's making those cuts around picks and pin downs and whatnot. And then also... One thing that would concern me about a Milwaukee matchup in the finals is just their defensive scheme is set up so they allow a lot of three-pointers. And I think and I think we saw that in game one when we saw Portland drop their bigs way down off screens. And that giving up a lot of three-pointers to Golden State, and if you're talking about Curry and Thompson, not a recipe for a lot of success. So Milwaukee is, is an incredible team. I just think Golden State would be a rough matchup for them. So yeah, I would say Toronto, but for this series, at least, I think this is bound for seven. It seems like two really evenly matched close games, a lot of star power. Brooke Lopez, clearly the story of game one. He was phenomenal. Um, So yeah, my picks for right now would be Golden State in five, Toronto in seven. 
Uh, and then Golden State, let's say in... Say, well, if Durant returns Golden State in five, if he's not back, then maybe even Golden State in seven. Uh, so, really interesting. And then, of course, we get into free agency and all that. And what's been anticipated as a monster summer with a lot of ramifications and a lot of moving pieces. So now, quickly before I go, let's just get to some MLB stuff. Since, you know, it is starting to, we're kind of now clearly in the groove of the season. And it seems to me that the Astros have just really kind of taken over as as that best team. Bovada has them right now to win the World Series. Houston is plus 300. The odds makers are seeing what I'm seeing. Just that lineup, that rotation. Anytime you can throw Verlander and Cole out there, backed up with the lineup of like Bregman, Altuve, Springer. Again, it seemed like a lot of things went wrong for them last year, and they still had a monster year, and were right there in the ALCS in most of those games, even though it was five. So right now, they're on a monster winning streak, just destroying the American League, destroying everyone else. Um, so my one other note is, I am a Cubs fan, so I am biased, but... I like how my Cubs are looking. Bovada has them at plus 1,000. It seems like a lot of the troubles that they've had really dating the collapse last year and at the start of this year. A lot of things, that that lineup looks a lot more dangerous. It seems like Chris Bryant kind of finally woke up, finally shook off, you know, the last sort of remnants of last year and what happened. And between him, Rizzo, Baez, real good starting lineup there, real good punch. Wilson Contreras has been awesome. But I also like... Milwaukee at plus 1500. They've had a tough schedule so far, and so they've dropped a good amount of games compared to maybe what we were expecting. But I mean, when you have their lineup with the, with the depth they have and then Yelich just going off, that's what, it just looks incredible. So my pick hasn't changed since the last time we made picks, I would say about a month ago. I'm still going Astros versus Dodgers rematch of the 2017 World Series. And then I'm going to go Astros, let's say in five. At this stage, I just see them kind of rolling over the rest of the league. But again, it's baseball. A lot can happen. As the Yankees know, injuries happen. And a lot of it comes down to luck. So we'll see how all of that winds up. Next week's episode will be longer. Uh, It'll be a normal length episode. But just wanted to, again, get that short episode in there. Get my opinions just on the state of things where we are this week. As always, thanks for listening and goodbye.